Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast, featuring interviews with health and wellness professionals empowering you to take control of your health and happiness. Feel better, look better, and live better today by subscribing right now for new episodes every week. The Wellness Plus Podcast is brought to you by wellnessplus.tv and made possible by the generous donations of Psyche Truth Patreon supporters. Hi, welcome to Wellness Plus Podcast. My name is Gianna and I'll be your guest host. And today I am interviewing Neil Dumra. He is the owner of Third Eye Tonic and Third Eye Meditation and Elixir Bar. Yep, Third Eye Meditation Lounge and Elixir Bar. Perfect. Um, so... Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Excited to have you. Well, tell us a little bit about, I guess, um, the lounge and Elixir Bar and kind of what got you to that point and what you're doing with Third Eye Tonic as well. Yeah. So um, Third Eye Tonic started a few years ago. Um, I, I was doing curry parties at my house. And um, before that, I was making tonics uh, for retreats in Costa Rica. And I, I, I've been a chef. Uh, for most of my life, went to hospitality school, and I, I'm really good at making these tonics, and uh, I help myself. I used to be 260 pounds at one time, wow. and um, I, I had a lot of trauma growing up. Uh, I had all these things that I didn't know what was happening, and so I found that these tonics helped me in association with meditation and yoga, um, all these different amazing techniques and tools. Uh, these tonics were one of those things that also helped me um, evolve and grow and fast, and um, it was alchemical in certain ways. So I put I put it to the test and uh, been selling it and uh, doing cacao ceremonies and events for the last four years, and then the opportunity came to open up a space downtown, and that's where I'm at. Cool. So, so where is your space at? It's 902 East 5th Street, uh, in between the North Door and the Bruin Brew. Um, it's really centrally located. Uh, we've got zero gravity massage chairs, an infrared sauna, a beautiful meditation lounge, and a, an Egyptian alchemical elixir bar. So nice. when I say Egyptian, we've got this beautiful 30-year-old uh, bar that we've we put together uh, from Egypt, and it, it just manifested itself there. So awesome! So yeah. if you're ever in Austin, it's a really cool space. I was there last week, and it's it kind of just. Kind of just have this feeling when you come in. It's a really relaxing um, space where you can kind of just connect with people, and it's really beautiful. Yeah. Space. And we, we put fifty plants in there, uh, and that's growing. I'm obsessed with plants, and I also am the director of impact for the Rainforest Partnership. Um, so we create enterprise programs so that people who can uh, want to help for the rainforest, they can you know, buy products and, and supplies from the, the farmers and from the people and in turn give a portion back to them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's through that program that I created Third Eye Cacao. So I'm sourcing cacao directly from the rainforest, ceremonial grade cacao, and I'm making these amazing tonics as well as elixirs with that. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So um, I... I think most people may not know exactly what cacao is. I know some people get in their smoothies, and that's probably just what yeah. they know of it. So if you want to tell us a little more about cacao and where you get it from. And yeah. So this comes from the Sunny Isla tribe. Um, this cacao is supposedly, and we're getting facts about this, found where cacao was first found on our planet. Uh, it's it's super amazing cacao. You, you It's very pure. And it's got the fat, and it's got everything. It's not isolated. So like the cacao powders or the cacao butter, it's, it's taking away from its, its source in the sense. So this is all whole, and we process it um, very much like limiting. So it's not, there's no 
uh, pasteurization. It's like a raw tonic. You can feel the energy in the bottle. It's living. Um, and cacao, is the, it has theobromine, which um, it puts you, it releases oxytocin in the body. You get into a love state. You also release negativity. So you, you become happier. You become more energetic. Um, and it is, uh, there's some caffeine in there, so you do have a little bit of energy. But what I do is I put a lot of fat in there. And then I also use like shilajit, ashwagandha, the reishi and chaga mushrooms. So it's an adaptogen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we put turmeric and black pepper, so it's anti-inflammatory. And it helps you get into your core. So you're not in the fight or flight. And, you know, you, you get away from the left and right brain thinking and you can really find unity. Aside from that, we put two lotus flowers, one masculine, mm-hmm. one feminine. And, and one helps the pituitary, one helps the pineal. And that's why we call it third itonic. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So is cacao safe for everyone? And how much can you use it? How much do you use it? I use it every day. Uh, not every day, but most days. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, when I say safety, it's like you drink too much water it's not good for you. So you, you have to drink a lot of water too with cacao because it does dehydrate you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like anything, it's plant medicine. So you have to be knowing yourself, knowing your sensations. So you can't go blindly into anything. So I'd, I also have an AM tonic, which is cold pressed beet juice, lemon juice, um, noni juice, turmeric and ginger. So it's like, we don't just focus on the cacao. Cacao is just one aspect and it's beautiful, but it's all about circadian rhythm. So being able to connect to the sun and the moon and the time of the day, that helps you find more balance and, mm. and more connected and you be here now. So. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So what has, um, I guess, cacao done for you in your kind of journey? I know you mentioned you were a lot heavier than you are now and yeah. you went through some trauma. So how has cacao helped you in, in, in what ways? So cacao helped me in a few ways. It helped me see the mirror. So uh, when I was doing cacao ceremonies, I, I myself was going through the transition, but also leading it and seeing it in a way that it really helped a lot of people. People were able to tap into their inner child, to, to find that joy, to find that ecstasy, that find that bliss state. And also they, they came away with uh, feeling more inertia, more life force energy, more vitality. So it's, it's one of those things where I, I went in into it not knowing all the facts and what it was good for, but I now know it's, it's something that you can use for a long period of time as long as you maintain your body and, and, and do the right things aside from just taking cacao. So all in balance. Yeah. Cool. So what was your, I guess, journey? I think a lot of people would be interested in your kind of like weight loss journey. I think that's such a huge thing now. And yeah. So a a few things I learned about, um, the alkaline diets. Um, I became, you know, my dog's a vegan and he's 13 years old. We lived in India and, and the food was not very good there. And so I had to feed him more of a plant-based diet and him doing that taught me how to do it. And I, I realized how good it is for you. Um, I'm, I'm, primarily vegan. I was published in a vegan health and fitness magazine and it, it kind of like put me in this box. So I, I don't say I'm 100% vegan. There are times when I do have some honey or ghee and it's like prashad. So it's like a holy offering, mm-hmm. but I don't generally take those as a daily intake. Um, but I do support veganism if it's, if it's not with judgment. So um, a lot of veganism or vegans have this energy that comes from hatred. And it's, I think it's part of the fact that it's very difficult when you don't remove the enzymes completely and you're having the fight or flight inside your gut and that causes a lot of problems. So I've been there and I've been Mm -hmm. that vegan and I know what it's like. Mm -hmm. So um, saying that 
uh, I, say, I think that moderation and balance is better than extremism. And to find that, you have to be more centered and more balanced. So, yeah. Cool. So in what ways, I know um, with diet, a lot of physical changes, obviously, and benefits to that. In what ways has, um, I guess, veganism, plant-based eating helped you in other ways, mentally, um, emotionally? Yeah. So I think it's cleaner fuel. I think um, death energy is a thing. So when you, if you're sensitive, whether it's from, from your childhood or from something happening, those sensitivities pe- permeate the body. So whatever you consume, you are what you eat, think, and breathe, and do. Those things, you know, I notice people who eat a lot of chicken, they're a little bit more fearful, you know. Mm-hmm. It, and, and there's all these sort of things, but you notice them. Even when I eat it, I feel, oh, my God, what is this emotion? Mm-hmm. But if you notice it, then you can alchemize it, you know. So I don't – some people are on the paleo thing, and I say go for it if you want to. But our planet is needing a shift, you know, whether it's through saving our oceans or the rainforest or, or, or changing the way we consume other beings. Um, there needs to be a shift in our energy, and that's just a thing, you know. So how we do it and how we express ourselves, it's individual to everyone, and I think that's important, you know. Um, I think people want to have a platform in order to speak or talk, and a lot of times they use these different types of uh, brands. I call mm-hmm. them brands. So veganism is a brand. Keto is a brand. They're just brands in which they can represent, you know, and so you can get lost in those brands, mm-hmm. you know, and you lose part of your authenticity and your individuality when you put yourself on those platforms. So to be a sovereign being is to be open and, and to be loving and caring for every human that you can be, you know, it's... Obviously, there's some people who are going to hurt you more than others, but you just got to notice that and move on, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, veganism is cool, you know. I, I support it. Um, my products are 100% vegan, and um, I also have some keto options, you know. So. <laughs> cool. It's funny that you say veganism is kind of a brand when I um, go out to eat with friends who – I'm also – I call myself more plant-based. Um, yeah. But when I go out to eat with people who aren't yeah. vegan or don't, and I kind of hesitate in calling myself a vegan or I'm plant-based. I just say I choose not to eat meat or, yeah. or dairy. I don't like to associate myself with titles. I yeah. feel like it um, creates a lot of um, prejudgments about different things. And so it's interesting that you say brand because I totally agree with that. It's limiting. Yes. You know, so yeah. if we want to be grounded yet mm-hmm. expansive, mm-hmm. we don't have to put things – we don't have to put ourselves in boxes. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, you see bodybuilders working on arms, working on this. It's mm-hmm. isolation. Mm-hmm. You know, if your core is strong, then your muscles will feel good everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, you have more flexibility. Yeah. You know, so I think that it's, it's one of those things where it all comes together in different mm-hmm. pieces. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, I've been um, reading the Yoga Sutras a lot recently, rereading it. And this idea of um, your ego and, and things that you associate with and the question of, if you had to give up all your titles, say you were a mom or a wife, like I'm, if you had to describe yourself without any titles, how would you describe yourself? And yeah. I feel like that question's really hard for people because mm-hmm. they associate themselves with their job. Oh, I'm an engineer. Mm-hmm. I'm a teacher. I'm this. I'm that. But who are you? Yeah, and that's the funny thing. So that's been a program that I've been seeing a lot, and it's actually I've been shedding a lot of relationships because it's been something a part of me that's no longer serving me. So I used to be so many different titles. I've had so many different jobs. Um, and then when I got into the spiritual realm, I got all these different certifications and did all these different things, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, I don't use any of them. I don't think they serve me, you know. I think all of those tools are just tools. Mm-hmm. And if you use them, that's beautiful. They're rituals that help you find balance. 
And, and there's a quote that I like to use because um, it helps people realize like where they are. And we're all going through different periods of our lives mm -hmm. and we go through cycles. So when you're in the light, you know, you're a master in some aspect, um, you know nothing. You think you know something and you're expressing something that you found. Mm -hmm. But when you're a servant, you know something, mm -hmm. you know. And when you're a witness, you can you can see both, you know. So that's it's one of those things where when you're in the light, you have to be doing the rituals more than ever. That's the that's mm -hmm. when you really have to learn use the tools you learn so that you can be grounded and expansive. And this is something that is coming up a lot. Um, there was a famous uh, like he's a social he's on social media as being a very famous guru type, you know. And he came to me this weekend, and my the Rainforest Partnership were were trying to see if they could do some kind of event and get some publicity and mm -hmm. stuff. And I ended up being his coach, and and I'm coaching him right now. And it's like. Oh my God, what's going on right now? <laughs> and it's just the same thing, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm always afraid of being in that spotlight because when I'm in that spotlight, I, I lose the rituals. Mm -hmm. I'm so busy. I'm so expansive. And it's like, but now I realize like if I want to be sustainable, mm -hmm. then I have to do the things that got me here and, and learn more. Exactly. And so the meditation lounge isn't about me and my practices. I'm no guru. I know nothing. It's about being able to light everyone else up who has tools. You know, we can all learn from each other. Mm -hmm. And that's unity consciousness. It's not forcing any kind of agenda. It's, it's not the toxic masculine. It's not the toxic feminine. It's, it's being able to love and appreciate everyone who is ability to share mm -hmm. their gifts. So that's one of my gifts is I went to school for hospitality. I know how to be hospitable. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the gift I, I share right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great trait to have. It's interesting that you say that. Um, one of my favorite, um, you talk about bringing the light out on people. One of my favorite things that I learned like through my yoga training is that the best teachers bring you back to yourself. Yes. And I, in that way, I feel like everyone can be a teacher because everyone can make you realize something different about yourself. And just you're there, like as a yoga teacher, you're there not for yourself, but to be there for others and to allow them to find the teacher within themselves and I assume your work is kind of the same idea, to be there as a guide to not give them the answers or hold their hand the whole way, but kind of guide them back to yours, themselves because all the answers are within everyone themselves. It's a mirror. That's the shadow work. Mm -hmm. So you have to be a mirror and hold space. And a lot of times you're going to get hit and hurt because they're going through this rupture, you know. So I notice it all the time. They're pushing energy or taking energy and all these different things. But our energy can never be taken. It's ours. You know, our soul and our heart is ours. And so I've noticed this more than ever. I, I, there's these ideas of vampires and this and that and toxic people. And it's like they can do whatever they want. But if you're whole and, and you know who you are, none of that can penetrate you. And so as a teacher, as a student, as a learner, as a witness, everybody is, is in a place where they're learning more about themselves. And in that process, if you can hold space for that, mm -hmm. then you're a visionary leader. You're not trying to have followers. I don't want followers. Mm -hmm. I want people who are, are going to express themselves to their fullest so they themselves can be leaders in, in their own way, you know? So it's, it's an interesting thing. Like people talk about followers and Instagram and this and that, social media. And it's like, no, thank you. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be bombarded with that. I hate my phone as it is, you know. Mm -hmm. Nature is my medicine, you know. And it's like, don't give me that, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Getting on the computer is the last thing I want to do. So 
I'm recognizing, you know, I need to play tennis every day. Mm-hmm. I need to do the things that make me happy. And if I'm not happy, then none of it's worth it. The journey is the beautiful part. The outcome is just, you know, that's the end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. One of um, talk about social media and people having followers. It's interesting. I think a lot in the um, yoga community and um, people who teach meditation, it's it's branding, and a lot of people go to social media to build their brand and do that kind of thing. But I think the the some of the best teachers that I've met don't even have social media. Like my yoga teacher right now, he doesn't have any social media. You can't find him anywhere. And I admire him for that. I have Instagram and Facebook and all of that. And I, I don't know why it's so hard. I feel like it connects people, but in a way also... It disconnects. It disconnects people. I feel like there's so many people that I haven't seen within the past, I don't know, six months that are less than an hour for me, but I'm talking to them on social media all the time. And I feel like it, it's it's a good and a bad thing. It's like your journal. You want to take your journal and take your bad days and good days and mix them all together. And, and it creates more judgment. It creates more, uh, you're, you're creating more distance, you know? So you think you can be alone in your home and on this thing, doing these things and creating all this energy, but the energy is not contained. Mm-hmm. And so I believe every day is a new day with new hopes and new dreams. And when we go on Instagram or Facebook and, and set our dreams in these little programs, they're, they're less likely to manifest, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, the things I do post, I feel like they come from the heart mm-hmm. and I don't care if people like it or not, but if I don't like it, I delete it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. care. I, I'm not looking for that mm-hmm. reaction. The mirror that I'm looking for is through people and connections, and those are the most important things. You know, I think the people who come to you and see you and love you, they'll show up regardless mm-hmm. of this. these little blocks. Mm-hmm. All these things are just, they're not going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. You know, they're here right now, and we use them for what they are, and mm-hmm. we don't get obsessed with them. That's good. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's balance, right? Yeah, balance. With social media, I've been thinking a lot about Sausha. What's that? And it's cleanliness. It uh-huh. means cleanliness in Sanskrit. Mm-hmm. And um, I am on social media, and what I've tried to do recently is kind of clean that up. And mm-hmm. if I see something that I don't agree with, I unfollow. So I'm trying to – I learn a lot from social media, and I think there's a lot of good things on there, whether it's, like, quotes and – I love quotes. They make me think a lot, Yeah. depending on where they come from. So I think with social media, it's good to have a balance and to make sure that what you're seeing on your feeds are positive, that they make you feel good, and that they don't um, make you have any negativity towards yourself, I think is important because there are so many things on social media that are um, unrealistic yeah. as far as like lifestyle, um, body image, and all mm-hmm. of that. So mm-hmm. I think with social media, it's it's important to make sure that it makes you feel like you're pure and that you're getting that sense of um, just good things from it. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree to some extent. The, the things that show up, I feel like they all show up for a reason. You know, so if there is negativity there, you don't have to delve into it, but see it for what it is mm-hmm. because – the darkness is also where we get the fuel to, f- to see the light, mm-hmm. you know? So if we take it in, that's not having the discernment, you know? And we always have judgments. That's part of our program. But discernment is the next level to judgment. It's knowing that it's not for you, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And when it's not for you, you just let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, that's practicing non-attachment. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be a trigger. And if it's a trigger, we got to look at that trigger, you know? Mm-hmm. So I've been, I've been doing a lot of shadow work, and I'm like, whoa, these are triggering me. Okay, what do I need to learn from this? Mm-hmm. You know, and then there's an opportunity. If I don't have the opportunity, I just t- take it for another day. Mm-hmm. You know, but 
that's part of it. So we can't dismiss the dark mm-hmm. because the dark is part of our light, you know, mm-hmm. and it's all it's all part of the yin and yang, you know. Very true. Yeah. So with non-attachment, I, um, I've been thinking about that a lot too lately and how different things that you, that you love, how, how do you distinguish between I love something, but am I attached to it? See, with me, I have a hard time sometimes with yoga, like, am I attached to yoga? Or maybe with you, like, are you attached to the cacao? Do you feel like it's something that if, because with, Attachment is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. It's that if it were to be taken away from you, would would you still be okay? Yeah, so that's the it's a fine line between attachment and codependency, mm-hmm. you know? So um, if something is healthy and it's fueling something good inside you, then it's then it's okay. That's balanced there. But as soon as it turns into something that is causing you to deplete or causing you to no longer feel that passion, then I think that's where you practice the, the non attachment. You know, it's another tool that you have to access mm-hmm. and recognize. So sensations are very important. Knowing how you feel all the time, you know, and being able to calibrate quickly mm-hmm. to those sensations is how you, you know, keep your life force energy, keep your keep your sense of self, keep your authenticity, keep being you, keep your soul protected, mm-hmm. you know? So it's it's one of those things where we're all multidimensional beings. You know, we go into when you go into work, you're a different person than you go into this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I it's and we all we all have we're shapeshifters in certain mm-hmm. ways, right? We shape and shift and we we see ourselves in different ways and and so when something isn't serving us anymore, we have to let it go. Mm-hmm. And because patterns and addictions and programs are so powerful, that's why the yoga and the meditation and these tools are there to help us see what our I am wants, Mm -hmm. what our truth needs, Mm -hmm. what keeps us happy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So with living out of, I guess, habit and pattern, how, um, I guess, how has cacao, like, taken place in that? I guess, for example, with me, um, when I first started my yoga journey, I I felt like I was going at 6 a.m. every day out of habit, out of pattern. But now when I go, I go because of intention. So how has... Yes. So talking about masculine and feminine, I feel yoga is very masculine. It's a very, it's a very, you know, warrior and this, and it's the standard moves and you have to repeat them. And that's a ritual that, you know, taps into your masculine, you know, ecstatic dance is more feminine, you know, cacao, when you do, when you dance with it, it's more tapping into the feminine, you know, the, so it's like balance, right? Mm-hmm. You got to do yoga. So for me to, pl- to play tennis, I have to do yoga. Mm-hmm. You know, for me to enjoy cacao, I have to dance, mm-hmm. you know, so it's about balance. You can't just do rituals and think you're in alignment. Mm-hmm. You know, rituals can cause a lot of problems. It, it creates a lot of uh, disconnection, you know, so when something isn't serving you anymore, you can keep doing it, but not as much. Mm. Do something else too. Mm-hmm. Add to your practice. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all evolution, all in our own evolution, mm-hmm. and our journey is long. So if we think we found something and it's forever, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, if you can't get better at something, and and it's and you you see yourself in a stagnant place, it's good to recognize mm-hmm. that. You know, and and that's why we have people around us helping us see ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So you talked about a cacao ceremony. What exactly? I've actually never been to one. I have friends that are shamans. I've never been to a cacao ceremony. I've, I've seen yeah. images and things from. So what is what is that like? What it's like is, is um, so the cacao, we make it. We get it hot, warm. We, we share it in the sense like we all touch it. We smell it. We feel it. 
And then we tap in right then in that moment. We take some deep breaths and then we smell it, we taste it, and then we do some sort of activation. And that activation helps this lifeblood energy go through our body. And, and like as if we're going to Vipassana and doing body scanning, we'll talk about that in a second, it helps you kind of see your blockages. Mm. And it's not like you're focusing on them, you're dancing through them. And, and these, when you dance through them, you're able to like unlock them. And when you unlock them, the programs no longer have that power that it once did before you do this cacao ceremony. And we're all in different stages of it. So mm -hmm. the first cacao ceremony could unlock one thing that you didn't see about yourself. And all of a sudden, you've got a tool to look at and work with, you mm -hmm. know. So I don't say cacao ceremonies are the only ceremonies. We're actually making a guayusa cacao, you know, that helps you get into a lucid state. Mm -hmm. And it's called lucid living. So when you when you sleep, you sleep. When, you, when you're awake, you dream. That's the thought, mm -hmm. you know. So... I think that any ceremony with intention um, and and being able to feel your sensations, not taking a drug and going blindly into a in an LSD trip or mm -hmm. whatever it is, it's really being in a place where you're present. Mm -hmm. You're in that moment. You're in that container. And when you can create that container, there's a lot of healing that occurs. So healing and feeling, you know. Interesting. Yeah. So what is the uh, body body scanning you mentioned? Yeah. So vipassana. Mm -hmm. I went to Vipassana, the 10-day meditation retreat. You don't look at anybody. You don't kill anything. You eat one meal a day. You, you meditate for 10 hours, and you learn a lot about yourself and your pain, your defilement, your hurt, your emotions that we, we don't really tap into on a daily basis. And when that happens is you learn how to breathe, and you also know how to scan your body through the whole process of Vipassana. And in that process, you find love, joy, uh, compassion and equanimity for yourself, for your inner child, for your being. And in that process, you let go of all of those things that are causing you to not move forward. And Vipassana, and th this happens in different aspects to everybody, depending on how, how you are as a being. It's like we have cups and we fill those cups with higher energy, better mm -hmm. positivity in certain mm -hmm. ways. And we fill them enough in this lifetime, you can light up more. You know, you can feel more in your power. You feel more in your essence. So that's what Vipassana teaches you is, is how to see what this container is holding and how you can alchemize that, how you can, can let go of whatever is causing you to feel pain, you know. Mm. So our, our subconscious unconscious is being tapped into in Vipassana, and then our conscious also attunes to whatever is needing to be learned and seen. So... So is this, where did you do this at? Kaufman. They have 70-some centers around the world. It's donation-based. Mm -hmm. They take care of your food and housing, and it is next-level healing. So wow. I recommend Vipassana, uh, the Dhamma Siri, and um, Goenka was the teacher. He does the, he's dead, but he, he has all the recordings. Mm -hmm. And when I hear his voice, I get into deep meditation. It's mm -hmm. beautiful. He's installed a program that I appreciate. It's, it's next-level. So. Wow. Cool. So do you, is this something you've done once or do you go continue? I did or? it last year this time and mm -hmm. I'm going to do it every year. I want to do it more, but uh, as much as I can. It's a beautiful, it's like to me it's vacation. Nice. Yeah. Cool. You don't get to use your phone. You're out of the, mm -hmm. out of the, the matrix for a moment. I was in falling in love with the cows and the relationship between the calf and the cows and, and the, the, you appreciate. And appreciation and great, being grateful is such a beautiful energy you start to realize how, how grateful you are to be alive, to be able to have a body, to be able to communicate. 
you know, it's a it's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing to have a voice, mm-hmm. you know. So awesome. Cool. We'd like to briefly interrupt this interview to remind you that this podcast was made possible by listeners just like you. Become a supporter at patreon.com slash psyche truth, where you can watch the video version of this episode and all our podcast episodes. Plus, you'll gain access to over 500 videos of exclusive content, including premium courses and behind-the-scenes peaks. Help us keep this information free by visiting patreon.com slash psyche-truth. That's patreon.com slash p-s-y-c-h-e-t-r-u-t-h. Okay, so tell me about, um, I guess, the meditation that you do or I... I meditation that maybe like a first timer can try. I feel like meditation is really hard to, it's hard to sit with yourself sometimes. So advice for beginners or just anything about meditation, any insight? Yeah. So the meditation lounge has different levels of meditations. So we we have the sunrise and sunset meditation, which is uh, Agnihotra, which is a blessing uh, where you're able to, you're, you're actually burning cow dung and putting ghee and then doing a rice offering. And that helps you connect with the sun and the moon and the circadian rhythm and also release negativity. Um, and the mantra helps you kind of get into that space. That's, that's something that you can do even as a blind follower because it helps you kind of see yourself better just through the, the ritual of being up at that exact time and doing the ritual at that exact time. It's very powerful on the planet. Another thing, the reason why I put those zero-gravity massage chairs in there is because that helps people get into a meditative state kind of unconsciously. Mm-hmm. So you, you're, you're, your head goes above or below your body, and you're massaging your whole body. You're bringing sensations to your body through an actual device. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's a form of meditation for people who are afraid of, of seeing themselves mm-hmm. or feeling their thoughts or their emotions and sensations. And that's a good step. You know, uh, Another w- way is just laying down on the ground some people have a hard time sitting up. They've got back problems and things. And just just breathing, you know, taking deep breaths. There's amazing apps like Headspace and all of these things that can get you started. Do, do one minute. Do three minute. Do five minute. Build yourself up. Taking time for yourself is super important. So yoga is very expansive. Shavasana is the point where you're kind of in that space where you get to meditate mm-hmm. for a little bit. So Western yoga has taken away a lot from the, the beauty of what meditation is. That's why I created a meditation lounge is because there's so many yoga studios out there, but the real healing that happens after you do yoga is, is through meditation. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that. I used to sit inside the class for 20 minutes and people used to have to kick me out because I wanted to meditate after my yoga class. Mm-hmm. you know. And I was like, damn it, this is not fair. So we do yoga mm-hmm. at the studio. Mm-hmm. We do uh, meditations as well. and all sorts of meditations because there's so many different levels and people are in different parts of their journey and we have to be welcome to everybody. There's no level of I've been meditating for 10 years mm-hmm. and I'm this because everyone has different experiences, mm-hmm. you know, and, and those experiences can can shape and shift you in different ways, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, when you're present, to me, that's meditation. So a contemplative mind to me is more powerful than a meditative mind or a concentrative mind. Because then you're able to see the big picture, the micro and the micro, the mi- micro and the macrocosm. Mm-hmm. So you can't live in a cave in se- for seven years and be impactful, and you can't just concentrate on knowledge because your body has to feel those emotions too. Mm-hmm. So getting into your body, you know, working out, doing yogas, meditating, eating a healthy diet, 
all of those things help you get into a place of higher vibration. So meditation is just one aspect, and I feel like it's an important one that our world needs more than ever. So it's helped me. I've had some crazy things happen. I lost part of my finger. Wow. I was in a wheelchair for almost a year, broke my hips. I've had some traumas. And, and so in order for me to feel and be connected to my body and play tennis the way I wanted to, I had to result, res, I, had to, I had to learn how to meditate. Mm. It was very important for me. So I think there's so many different types of meditations and whichever one that calls to you, surfing is a meditation. People, when they surf, they get into flow. They're in that, like, zen mode, mm. you know, playing guitar, playing tennis. There's moving meditations. Mm -hmm. There's dancing, ecstatic dance. There's not one type. And, and so the old way of thinking that you have to be a guru and sit in one space, that story's over. And that program is no longer serving us. And it creates isolation and separation. Mm. So that's my, that's my thought on that. Cool. Yeah. So is meditation something you grew up with? or Yeah, kind of. So my grandparents were, were like Vedic teachers for me. They taught me gardening, gardening and, and Ayurveda mm -hmm. as well as the mantras and a lot of rituals. So I, I, I had to say my prayers, you know, the Gayatri Mantra every day since mm -hmm. I was two or three years old. It was, and I say it every day because it's like our earth is, is where we live. And we have to protect it and, and sustain it the best way we can. It's part of at least my path, you know. And mm -hmm. so um, we have to get away from, you know, consuming the planet and de depleting its resources. And that's one of the reasons why I work for the Rainforest Partnership. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really important for me to for me to come from. Okay, so let me tell you a little backstory. Mm -hmm. My family gave me a business. A, a, a good business, $10 million business, a building, a company, everything was set up for me. And I was doing well. I signed a $5 million contract. I was happy in the sense I wasn't really happy. Mm -hmm. I was doing yoga three times a day to mm -hmm. sustain my energy. Mm -hmm. And I came to a bachelor party here in Austin. I had a place here still. And I was wake surfing. And, and I was thinking about that contract. There was some mistakes being made on it and I was not in my body. And a rope got caught around my arm, and then eventually I, I went like this, and it took my finger off. And it because I wasn't present. I've been wake surfing most of my life, and I just was like, whatever, I can do this, you know. But we have to be here now always, mm -hmm. always in always. And, and, and it was a lesson. I got away from that company. I started tapping into my passions, and I feel like according to my holographic profile, according to my archetype, I'm mm -hmm. a teacher, mm -hmm. as well as a student, obviously, and um, I had to step into those places. And so I did all the trainings and I started, you know, doing meditation in, in a bigger way and, and, I, and I started being happier. And so it was like what my parents wanted for me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't what I wanted for me. And now I love my parents and we have the best connection ever. And they're now meditating. Mm -hmm. They're now eating healthy. They're now in a place where they see my purpose. And it's, it's because I had, to, I had to do me for a while, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's important that we take that time. Mm -hmm. So that's my little backstory on wow, it. Wow, um, very interesting. Mm -hmm. I think the concept of, of being present is, is so hard. And in the Western world, I, Western world, I feel like it's so much harder when I... Um, I traveled for a little bit and just being um, in Southeast Asia, it's you just feel like you aren't thinking about tomorrow, like you aren't thinking about what's going to happen in an hour. Yeah. And I feel like when I'm here, it's harder for me. Like I even this morning, like I was at breakfast and I'm like, what am I going to eat for lunch? Yeah. Like it, it's just so hard. I feel in in jobs and relationships to like just be in that moment and really 
enjoy it and, and take it all in. And I, I feel like there's so many distractions and we're expected to think about the future and what's coming up next. So what um, advice or I guess insight do you have for anyone that like even myself, like I struggle with with being present like so much. It's so hard, I feel like, for most people to really be in that moment. Yeah. So what I think is is um, we have to get out of the left and right brain thinking. So that means the past and the future, they don't allow us to be here. So what I say is learn a little bit about yourself and your archetypes. Learn about some rituals that help you, you know, stay in the moment. You have to do something every day that helps you find your passion, even if that's laughing, you know, even if that's being around, you know, the kind of people that get you into a place where you're happier, you know. So the meditation and yoga are just tools. If you get too obsessed with it, it actually takes you away and isolates you. Mm -hmm. So you have to do some community stuff, you know, and also... Um, find time for you, whether it's making beautiful tea in the morning and going out in the sun or going for a walk. You have to, you have to find rituals that are not ritualistic mm. and are able to tap into the living, you know, so plants and animals and things, they're living, you know, so, and even some humans are living, you know, <laughs> I say that <laughs> as a joke, but a lot of people are, are living uh, to survive. Mm. They're not in the thriving or they're not able to raise their vibration or see the bigger picture. And that's okay. Um, you just have to notice if you are and you're ready to take that leap um, because we only grow in uncomfortable zones. When we're in the comfortable zones, we're, in, we're, we're not really growing, mm. you know? So, and that's okay too. Sometimes we need to be there to find um, the balance to get into the place where we can grow mm -hmm. again, you know? Yeah. So it's all steps and it's like climbing a mountain. You don't get to the top by mm -hmm. just putting your arm up and getting there. You have to take the steps, exactly. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I feel like so many people, it's such, they could be robots. They get up, they go to work, they have coffee, they work, then they go to lunch, yeah. and they go back to work, and then they drive home, and then they eat dinner while they're in front of the TV, yeah. and maybe spend five minutes with their family. And it's just a pattern. And then the weekend, maybe they sleep until noon, and then they do something, and but then Sunday comes, and then they're worried about Monday. Yeah, you're saying they, right? It's not they, it's us. Yeah, it's us, yep. They're fractals of us. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're all one in some aspect. So there is no separation, mm. and energy is contagious. So if everyone's doing something or something, the, the Maharishi effect, right? Everything around us is a part of us mm -hmm. in some aspect, mm -hmm. and, it, and it just translated differently. So if, if we have to do something or we have to pay our bills or we have to do this, then we cannot manifest what we want. Mm -hmm. So our wants are created by the steps we take to get into the, to the place of our passion. So we have to slowly alchemize those things, slowly and steadily. Mm. All of a sudden, we start seeing the light. Mm. You know, we start seeing things happen more, mm. where we're no longer in the have to. And our words are so important. Mm. They're actually our connection to our I am, our authentic truth, higher I am self. Here's everything. And when we when we say these things, we're stuck in those places, mm. and they keep us there. They're limiting beliefs. So it's it's a part of our process mm. to let go, and and see the possibilities. And so that also is a program, but you don't have to be like, oh, I'm just going to, it's going to happen. No, mm -hmm. you have to be uh, third dimensional, fifth dimensional, and being able to be impactful on the third dimension. See what's out there, but also take it in here so you can do something about it to get there. Mm -hmm. You know, pave the way, you know, find the map and start getting there, move mm -hmm. towards it, you know. 
Yeah, and I think sometimes it's so hard for people to step away from from habits. And and I think for me, stepping out of habits, I have to introduce maybe something new in in small pieces. Like, for example, every morning I I go to my yoga practice, I come home, and I make tea. Yeah. So I did that for a while. After making tea, I'll read part of the Yoga Sutras. And for me, it's not because I'm doing it out of habit. It's doing it because my intention is to do something that will help me throughout my day, will make me feel better throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So just having that time to make tea for myself, having that time to read part of the Yoga Sutras and learn something new or maybe reread something and see it in a different light. So how, um, what advice would you give to someone that wants to get maybe out of a habit or maybe out of a corporate job who's afraid to take that step? Yeah, so what I would say is, is extend your abilities, have more energy. Find ways to have more energy. You have more energy to do your passions, then you can keep your corporate job. I had three full-time jobs last year to, to save to be able to do my own thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I found joy in my jobs. I, I made it fun, you know? I found ways to alchemize every moment and get in a joyful state. And so none, none of the jobs felt like jobs. Mm-hmm. It just felt like fun. Mm-hmm. And I was learning from everyone. Everyone around me was a mirror, and I was able to see them for who they were and not take it in and manipulate who I am, you know? So that's having boundaries, you know, knowing what your self-worth is and stepping into those spaces. Mm -hmm. Boundaries are something that's interpreted in various ways, but knowing who you are and protecting that essence of you helps you grow. It's like a plant. If you mix yourself with some some plants that are not good, all of a sudden you're going to grow weird, Mm -hmm. you know? That's part Mm of it, (laughs) you know? Mm-hmm. So you have to be, know your tribe, mm-hmm. find your tribe, mm-hmm. find love in yourself, having compassion for your journey, and then slowly taking those steps, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes they go fast. All of a sudden, a month will go by and you're like, oh my God, I have this in my bank account. I don't need that job anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to leave the job properly. So if I need it again, it's there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have angst about my past. I'm going to mm-hmm. appreciate it for what it taught me and, and move through your steps slowly mm-hmm. and steadily, mm-hmm. you know? And I, it's interesting that you say that, like, appreciate your past. I feel like like a lot of people have had things in their past that they resent or regret. Yeah. And what I've learned in the past year is that it's all a part of the journey. Mm-hmm. And and I, maybe in the moment, like, you're like, holy crap, like, that sucked. But, yeah. like, what did you learn from it? Like, yeah. how did you grow from it? And I think it, it's a shift in mindset that will really help you to realize that, like, you need every moment. And yeah. every moment teaches you something. Even if you dreaded the entire moment, you can look back and say, that taught me patience. Yeah. Or that taught me resilience. Yeah. And I think that that's so important to to realize that things in your past really make you who you are like if you didn't have that you wouldn't you wouldn't be who you are today like agreed yeah yeah it's and that's the attitude shift mm-hmm. you know when you are no longer a victim mm-hmm. of your circumstance mm-hmm. you're empowered mm-hmm. you know you you don't feel less than or greater than you're just like you're a witness to whatever's happening mm-hmm. and you you see it for what it truly is not not the the things that kind of cut you down in some aspect. Mm-hmm. Those things actually are shaping you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, cool. yeah. So you mentioned that you are a chef. I love talking about food, so let's yeah. talk about your what you cook. Um, yeah. Um, I'm a multidimensional chef in the sense like I cook all sorts of foods. My famous thing is curry. I make mm. really amazing curry. And I, I do it with 100% natural organic ingredients. I take my time. 
Um, and I'm making a huge event. I'm making a huge curry for an event on the 23rd. And when I'm in my curry mode, I'm like the world is not around. I'm just mm. in this zone, you know. Mm-hmm. So I make good curries. I make good salads. I make good smoothies. I make good dressings and sauces. Mm. That's like what I'm really good at using fresh herbs, mm-hmm. uh, different types of nuts and seeds. And my sauces are next level, like chutneys and, uh, you know, fake cheese and ranches mm-hmm. and all these things where people are like, is this vegan? I'm like, yeah, it's <laughs> vegan. You know? We don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So what do you, um, I guess, what is your like, what do you eat in the morning? Like lunch, dinner? Yeah. What, like what is your Honestly, meals um, for the day look for Honestly, I take a lot of herbs. Mm. Herbs help me in a lot of ways kind of alchemize and feel balanced. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of intermittent fasting. Um, but I, on the most part, I eat uh, basically pretty normal. Like uh, I eat, you know, more vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, I eat some rice. Um, I eat lentils. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of a Vedic diet, mm-hmm. except for the, the, the dairy. Mm-hmm. Um, I take a lot of coconut fat. I order a fresh frozen coconut and I eat that uh, every day. Mm. Um, I feel like coconut's really good for the brain. Um, it's good for memory. And I take a lot of amazing herbs. The herbs help me mm-hmm. um, really kind of cleanse and, and be in a, in a cleaner, purer form. Mm-hmm. So um, I could tell you and share all those things, but <laughs> it's, it's a long long list of things. Yeah. But it's easy. You can, mm-hmm. you can actually get these things uh, very local. They're local. Mm-hmm. And I put in a lot of my tonics. So the, we're talking the ashwagandha, the shilajit, mm-hmm. minerals, um, you know, Irish sea moss. Mm-hmm. These things are just like next level, high vibrational mm-hmm. superfoods. Yeah. yeah. And they make you feel good too. You feel yeah. good. Your body's like strong. Mm-hmm. Um, like people wonder how I have muscle and I don't eat, I'm not vegan and I don't even work out that mm-hmm. much. And it's because I, I, I'm more balanced throughout mm-hmm. the whole process of digestion and eating and consuming and exercise. It's not extreme where my body feels depleted from anything I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of people don't even realize when, when they're eating uh, maybe fast food or they're eating a steak every night or d- fried food every night. When they're, when they're in that, they don't realize that, like how their body feels. It's, it's when you get out of that and you feel just your body feels incredible that you realize like, Holy crap! Like I, that why I didn't even notice that I felt like that bad when I was in that moment. Is that yeah? I, you... Yeah, my body, my stomach, I have no like I don't have any issues, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's like I knock on wood, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's like it's those things that I do. You mm-hmm. are what you eat, exactly, you know. And yeah. so um, yeah, I totally mm-hmm. agree. I yeah. feel that. I when people talk about acidity and stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm like whoa, what is that? Yeah. And I, I, I've never really felt that. Like mm-hmm. I did when I was a child. Mm-hmm. I was a bigger child. Mm-hmm. And I, I've forgotten what it feels mm-hmm. like. You know, like I feel good. <laughs> yeah, even like when people say like, oh, I have a stomach ache. I'm like, I don't even remember what that feels yeah. like. Yeah, or a headache. Yeah. Or um, like it's just... You're not drinking enough water, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah. it's interesting when you when you shift to a plant-based diet, you kind of notice what you need, what yeah. your body needs. Like maybe I didn't drink as much water yesterday. As soon as I would wake up in the morning, I would, I would realize it. Or if I didn't eat enough green vegetable, I would know like yeah. exactly what my yes. body needed. Knowing your sensations. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. It's so interesting to know that your body literally tells you exactly what, like you just feel it. You yeah. feel what your body needs. Totally. 100% agree. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And you, you mentioned something earlier about alkaline diet. What exactly? So alkaline what? foods, you know, so there's vegetables, there's alkaline water. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can 
cleanse with apple cider vinegar a little bit mm-hmm. at night. You can do, you know, take flax seeds and water to rehydrate. It's just having a diet that's primarily more, um, it's like fuel so that whatever acid your body's building, it creates more of a battery effect, you know, mm-hmm. instead of a more acidic effect where you're tired and lethargic. So I think that's part of um, like us as humans. Like mm-hmm. we, we have more alkaline foods, we have more energy. Um, and then you can use that energy for whatever you want to do, mm-hmm. you know. It can be for meditating and relaxing too. Mm-hmm. People think energy is like caffeination or being in a high zone or too much, mm-hmm. but it's more contained, mm-hmm. you know. And you can be very energetic and just be calm, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Speaking That's, of caffeine energy, do you drink coffee at all? No. No. Did, did you ever drink coffee? Not really. No. I did when I was... Uh, uh, overweight and mm-hmm. I was a director of catering for Hilton and I, I was working 100 hours a week and I did drink coffee mm-hmm. for about a year mm-hmm. and then I went to India and I just was like I'm not doing that mm-hmm. anymore yeah yeah so for someone I know I, I drink coffee maybe once once a week but more for the experience like I like to try different coffee shops yeah um, but I'll never just have cold brew extra like I don't do that yeah um, I guess for someone who is trying to step away from caffeine, would you say that cacao is maybe like yes. a good? Yes, especially my tonic because it has the adaptogens to help you uh, with your adrenal glands, the adrenal fatigue. So it brings energy back in, into your core mm-hmm. and you're no longer in the uh, jittery, edgy, mm-hmm. caffeinated mode. You know, you're more balanced. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I recommend Third Eye Cacao for that. It's really amazing. We also have a golden milk elixir that has those same adaptogens. Mm-hmm. And we use a pu'er tea that helps with the cholesterol and it's it's a it's a more natural fermented tea that is healthy you know mm. coffee is hate to say the word but it's been bastardized <laughs> so american coffee especially it's mm-hmm. not good for you mm. when i do drink coffee it's to replace the water in my body mm. okay so i drink it to de- to really dehydrate mm-hmm. so i drink 30 glasses of water cuz one cup of coffee requires 32 glasses of water to to balance your wow. ph internally mm-hmm. 32 glasses wow, that's a lot <laughs> Yeah. Cool. Um, I am doing a coffee drink, but it's going to be with the fats and all those things mm-hmm. to help people kind of see what the benefits of, of having the brain mm-hmm. and the fat working too. So we're going to put coconut butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're also coming out with the CBD cacao butter. Oh. Yeah. Oh, CBD. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's talk yeah. about CBD. I, I've had it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know br- kind of on the surface what it is, but I feel like it's it's a mystery to most people. I think, oh, I can't take it, I get drug tests at work. Yeah, something. right, and so um, CBD is good, um, especially because our planet has been uh, really penetrated by marijuana, mm. and marijuana is an ethogen, so it really, you know, is expansive, but it also, it doesn't help you ground. CBD is a very grounding um, uh, plant, you know, so in, this, in terms of its medicinal abuse, uh, use, it helps you get into your body more, mm-hmm. feel your sensations more, and also um, potentially heal some pain that you're having. Mm-hmm. I think anything in 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 um, too much access can be negative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, CBD is good, you know, um, especially if it's you know full uh, spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I like to add fats to it or mm-hmm. have it in the olive oil or the coconut oils. Mm-hmm. It's better MCT oils. Um, but yeah, I don't think isolated uh, CBD is good. Um, and yeah, that's my thought on it. I think. Um, you know, the marijuana plant, uh, has its benefits, Mm. but when we smoke it, it also, it hurts our throat Mm -hmm. chakra and it hurts our brain Mm -hmm. and it does smoking anything and is not very good for our body. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Um, 
You, you talk about adding fat to a lot of things, and I think that probably terrifies some people. They're like, oh, no, like fat, yeah, you know? Yeah. So you want to talk about why, like, you add fat yeah, or why yeah, that's so good for certain things? There's certain fats that are not good, mm-hmm. you know, things that are heavily processed. Mm-hmm. But fat that comes from avocados or mm-hmm. coconuts, uh, you know, flax, those things, um, it helps our, our body, like, as if we're a car and we need oil. Mm-hmm. It helps us create the connections between our transmitters and it helps us um, like feel our body more our brain works better Mm -hmm. Um, and they're healthy and our body digests it and it's not something where it's stored or it's saturated or most people who are fat are actually just full of fake food Mm -hmm. you know and it's just processed things that Mm -hmm. their body doesn't know how to remove Mm -hmm. you know fat is something that doesn't get stored in the body it's easily burned Mm -hmm. it's fuel so it's like People talk about fat. I'm just like, it's not fat. <laughs> it's plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe people who eat a lot of excess Proce- carbs, yeah. processed carbs or a sugar also. Yeah. yeah, I think sugar is a big one. Everything. I think sugar is good. In, not not in moderation. And in moderation. In moderation. And fruit yeah. sugars, yeah. you know. Um, I think everything in moderation mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, not like having ice creams yeah. or, yeah, or, exactly. or, you know, processed yeah. sugars. Mm-hmm. But a little bit of sugar is okay mm-hmm. as long as it's of a pure form. Yeah. You Fruit know. sugars, yeah. coconut sugars, yeah. those kind of sugars. Exactly. Yeah. Yep, I yeah. agree. So are you reading any books at the moment or what books have been monumental to you? Gene Keys is my favorite book. G-E-N-E Keys. Yep, Gene by Richard Rudd. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like Stealing Fire. Um, And um, a book that I always go back to is How to Win Friends and Influence People. I've heard really good things about that. Yeah, but it's one you have to read with kind of uh, more balance because it's an old book. Mm -hmm. Um, And... It's an interesting thing Mm because it teaches you how to connect with yourself and others in different ways, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, I mean, I I am not currently reading a book Mm -hmm. because I'm kind of overconsumed at the moment. Mm -hmm. But I do listen to a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, I've been listening to Aubrey Marcus a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's interesting. Um, the whole polyamorous thing that's coming up mm. is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out a way I can kind of understand it better because this, our community is full of that energy mm-hmm. and it's something I'm, I'm seeing more and more. Mm-hmm. So when it's seeing something, I got to look at it, you know? Yeah. 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 Interesting. We're talking about breath work though. So, yes. you know, in the morning I go outside and I do something called a cobra breath, which mm-hmm. is, uh, like a Kundalini tantric breath that I taught for many years. And that helps you bring your, your root energy through the body. So it's like, it's, it's very cleansing and it helps you activate your chakra system. And to me, that's been very healing. Whenever, like when I'm playing tennis and I'm not in myself, I do a couple cobra breaths and mm-hmm. boom, I'm back in it, you know? So um, I think having some cool breath techniques and breath mm-hmm. work is really amazing. Uh, like the Wim Hof, you know, is really cool. Um, the nine, the nine, is it nine? Nine key breath. There's a few different breaths mm-hmm. that if you have an opportunity to learn some breath yeah. work, that's a tool that you can add to your, your daily routines. Mm-hmm. And it helps you um, not stay in the zone that's no longer serving mm-hmm. you. You know, So you can see yourself better, feel better, and, and live in a more peaceful way. Mm-hmm. So, Cool. Um, do you want to teach us maybe some? I can't legally teach okay. that on camera okay. because of the way I learned it mm-hmm. and the teachers who taught me. Mm-hmm. But if anybody wants to do some of that, they can mm-hmm. come to the space and I can show them. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. We can do a couple deep breaths right now. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So actually, I can teach something. Okay. Um, this is called inner alchemy. Okay. And it's it's crazy. 
the way it's done. And um, this guy uh, here in town, Michael Zarshian, he taught me this, and uh, it's an interesting thing. So it's it's I'll teach you a quick aspect of it, okay. and it helps you recalibrate this this part of your body, the brain, the body, and the head. So you're gonna go like this, rub your ears. Should my eyes be closed? No, you're gonna oh, keep them open, okay. and you're gonna move them chaotically. Oh, okay. Okay. Move your eyes chaotically. Go up and down like this. Take deep breaths. Smile. It's Fake so a hard smile. To <laughs> I know. Take a smile. Okay. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. So it helps you kind of, you know. Yeah. There's other parts to that. Yeah. But I do that sometimes when I'm feeling a little bit, you yeah. know, out of sorts. I feel like that could be really good if you're just maybe at work and having like a crazy, like, moment. Stressful moment. Just step away and do that and yeah. come back like a brand new person. Yeah, because it, it, this is like the points, you know, when it comes to acupuncture mm -hmm. and things that helps you kind of yeah. recalibrate that space. So it's yeah. awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much yeah. for being here today. Thank you. So happy to have you. Yes, I'm so happy. And if to be you're here. ever in Austin, check out Third Eye Meditation Lounge.com. Dot com. Yep. And thirdeyetonic.com. Yep. And we're at 902 East 5th Street. And we've got classes online. And we'd love to have you there. Awesome. And she's going to be potentially teaching some classes. Yes, I should be there um, teaching some meditation and some yoga classes as well. So you'll see all that on the website. Yep. The Wellness Plus Podcast, copyright 2018, Target Public Media, LLC, all rights reserved. We're the only country in the world that separates the mind from the body. The only country. I'm joined today by Athena Jezik, Ed Norden, Robert Gardner, Dr. Paula Bruno. The body has a natural ability and tendency to want to heal. It doesn't have to be complicated or costly. I can talk science. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk science for sure. You do often need to supplement with magnesium. Unbalanced life will make a mess of your face. Vitally important to make sure that the entire system is opened up. Actually, happiness and suffering are states of mind. They're not external things. Do you have any recommendations <laughs> for our listeners? Use a tennis ball. Vinyasa or Hatha yoga. Try a HIIT workout. You only got to do 20 minutes. Every day, having a practice for yourself. We're not powerless. Right. To improve our situation. Welcome to the Wellness Plus Podcast.